Yo, 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 what's up, world? It's your boy, Benny Pitts, a.k.a. Little Daddy, a.k.a. Little Nasty, a.k.a. Father to your unborn child. This is episode eight of Being Benny. Uh, I don't even know what day of quarantine it is. We just quarantined. I got my Rick Ross beer going on. Um, I hope people don't come out of here looking all <laughs> busted and looking fat. But uh, this, this is a podcast about my life, my friends, my family, my co-workers. And uh, today I actually have a special guest in the building. This is my brother in comedy. I've been doing comedy going on um, six, seven years, maybe. And this is my dude right here, man. We go way back. We was on tour together. This is one of my brothers, one of my friends, one of my dear friends in comedy and in life. This is always my guy. He's always giving the motivation of speaking, doing his thing. He is an actor. He's a comedian. He's an activist. He is now um, online showing his body because he's working out. I'm, I'm slick kind of jealous. Uh, give it up for comedian extraordinaire and actor extraordinaire Rob Minger. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to do my own hand clap because we can't be around people. Rob, you want to go there? <laughs> Nigga, that joke is funny, dog. <laughs> you, you actually moved to Vegas and got funnier. This is hilarious. <laughs> so I, this, I wasn't funny when I wasn't in Vegas. Not off, not right off the rip. It took you to yeah. You, you was warm up funny. Now you just funny. <laughs> you, had to, you, you was like a you was like a car in the nineties. You had to warm that shit up before you pull it off. But, uh, <laughs> you was like warm up funny. <laughs> nigga, nigga, did you just call yourself little daddy, nigga? Yeah, yeah, I'm little daddy now. You know, <laughs> are you stripping in Vegas, nigga? What the hell is going on? Dog? Uh, the strip is shut down, but they still calling me little daddy though. <laughs> I don't know if you think a bad thing, but I ain't gonna ask. Hilarious, hilarious. Uh, Yo, I got my dude Rob Minger. On, on on the podcast today. Yo, Rob, for the people, I know it's a lot of people who do know, but for the people who don't know, tell the world who is Rob Minger, uh, where you from and how you got started doing your thing, comedy, acting, the whole nine. Uh, man, I am from Montgomery, Alabama, dog. I am a country boy, born Ooh. and raised, man, down in the gump, dog. I'm talking about farm animals everywhere. Like, it was nothing to for me to walk to school and pass uh, Piggly Wiggly, <laughs> a dollar tree and a cow pasture like that was that was natural normal stuff down there damn like i've taken girls i've met here in atlanta and took them to my hometown uh and they were like they be like rolling the window down like ooh cows and to me was, <laughs> <laughs> to me that was equivalent to seeing pigeons like it was normal you know what i'm saying so uh i was raised by my mother and my grandmother uh, my my grandmother is the reason i'm funny she was freaking okay. hilarious. I rest her. So uh, my grandmother could put me in stitches. Uh, she was funny as hell for no reason. Like no comedy background, no nothing. Just just a funny ass old lady, dog. And just I naturally funny. Yes, yeah, she was just funny, dog. She cussed like a sailor. She was mean as hell to everybody else, but to me, she was just hilarious. And I think mm. it just uh, it built my tolerance for jokes and because she used to fire my ass up too, boy. Because I was a funny looking kid. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't mind fucking telling me, you know what I'm saying? But she was motivational behind it. She's like, you're a little ugly ass nigga right now, boy, but when you grow into that head, the bitch is going to love you. And she was right. Not, not the sex symbol Rob Minger that I know that. <laughs> All the ladies drop their panties on. When we do shows, they run and go to the Rob Minger. I'm like, God damn, Benny Piss is here too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because I'm not running around here calling myself Little Daddy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the first problem right there. You run around here calling yourself little daddy, and uh, that, that's probably running the chicks off, man. You know. <laughs> so your, your your comedy background came from, like you said, your grandmother. Yeah, um, hilarious. Uh, your grandmother, um, you said she had a, a wild personality, really, really funny. Uh, mm-hmm. When was that moment when you was like, okay, this is for me. I want to do comedy. Man, it's funny, man, because it's a weird answer. Uh, I never wanted to be a comedian as a kid. Never. Never, even as an adult, when I first became an adult. My comedy came, I um, I booked a play where I booked, uh, I had just did a lead role in a play where it was very dramatic, which you've seen, I could do, I could do drama. And mm-hmm. then I went to audition to be the lead in another play after from somebody that seen me in that play. Mm-hmm. But the audition was for uh, the audition required two contrasting monologues. Okay. So one had to be uh, comedic and one had to be serious. Okay. And when I did the comedic monologue, all the uh, directors and writers of that play, they were just like in tears laughing at the comedic monologue because okay. I really went in and studied it hard. And I was always like, and you know this as a comedian, I was always like to my friends funny, but I think... Yeah. To an extent, a lot of people are to their friends funny. Like I, my grandmother's hilarious, but she couldn't do stand up, you know. Mm-hmm. So I never got caught up in the hype of that. It was so just your personality, I, and but it was just my personality. Okay, yeah. So when I booked the play, the when I got the audition for the play, they was like, "Hey, how would you feel like? How would you feel about being the the comedic role for this play?" Okay, I was like, okay, I can do that. I can just, I can be more of my natural self. I'll try it. You know what I'm saying? But still, at this point, no comedy is involved. And then the the role wasn't as large as the lead role. He was just like the funnier of the homeboys. If that makes sense. Okay. So, uh, long story short, the lead character, uh, his grandmother passes, mm-hmm. uh, the maybe a week before the show. Okay. And the director tells me, like, hey, Rod, you know, kind of step up your improv, you know, because we're going to put the understudy in. Mm-hmm. And the understudy was bombing. I'm not going to say his name, but this nigga was bombing. Okay. And, you know, people think bombing just for comedy. No, nigga, you can bomb in a play. You can bomb in a movie. You can bomb in life. <laughs> Straight up. So the guy was bombing. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, at this point, still not hitting me. The day of the show, uh, lead character shows up. Okay. He was like, man, my bad. I was just going through it. My grandmother passed, and I didn't know if I was going to do the show or not, but I'm going to do it. He pulled me to the side. He's like, hey, Rod, hey, dog, two of those scenes, man, you in together. It was two scenes where it was just me and him. Now, this was a 10 people, uh, 12 person cast. Okay. He said, like, hey, dog, two of those scenes, I just, I don't know him, dog. I can't even lie to you, and I ain't had time to study him. He's like, man, if you could just kind of do some comedic improv, and I'll just tell the parts I know, and you work around those. Okay. I was like, perfect. Let's do it. Dog, standing ovation for those for those scenes. Wow! So your your, your first um your first introduction into entertainment was an actor. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, it was definitely acting. I did. Uh, well, no band. You know, I was in band when I was in uh, school. I grew up in band. Okay. So that was my first entertainment. So I grew up a musician. So I played uh, trumpet, baritone, and marsh drum major from the uh, age of twelve until I was twenty one. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I marched. Uh, I marched in band in the high school drum major uh, and also college drum major. My my grandfather was a trumpet player, so he started me on trumpet at twelve, and then uh, he played by ear 
And then once I started learning the techniques he gave me, and then I put them what they were teaching me in school, I kind of passed them. Mm. And then I, I kept it going, and that took me all the way to college. Wow. So then, but I, I always had the actual entertainment bug. I was always doing talent shows, doing plays, doing skits. I was always playing pranks on my friends, you know. Uh, I was always acting like wrestlers at school, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I wanted to wrestle at one point. Oh, yeah, you told me that. You told me that. Yeah, I was yeah. on the road. I thought about wrestling. I, I used to be a big guy. I used to be a bigger guy mm. uh, in my early 20s. And then I, I lost the weight and I just let it go. It is what it is. So we got <laughs> Rob Minger. Um, you 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 stepping into your um you stepping into your roots of who you are. Um acting comes along. Uh you you know you're an entertainer. You like you said, you played in a band, uh, you're acting and you're doing your thing. When did stand-up comedy, when did that when did that be buzz you or sting you? And you was like, okay, I'm about to start doing this stand-up. Uh, when I did the play where I played the funny character, man, people started calling me to do comedy at their churches. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm not a comedian, you know? And then uh, they was like, well, we'll pay you. Which, mm. you know, that never happens in comedy when you get paid in the beginning. <laughs> Trust and, me, I know. And I was like, okay. So then um, I started writing some notes and I went and hosted this show for this church, got paid about $400, bro. This is my first comedy show. It was $400. Damn. Right. So I did this church. Are they still booked? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So I booked that. And then uh, after that, uh, April Love booked me to host uh, some event she had. at Justin's, which you don't even know what Justin's is. It was closed by the time you moved to Atlanta. Yeah. It was this really fancy restaurant next to Houston's back in the day. Okay. She got me to, uh, bro, she got me paid $300 to do, uh, to introduce a girl to her bachelorette party. God All damn. I did was introduce her. That's it. I introduced her, told two jokes, and left. $300. That was April Love. So shout out to her if she hears this. You probably had the best start in comedy known to man. <laughs> Well, I mean, for 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 now, I mean, because there's some people. I mean, some of the greatest start stories are uh, Dave Chappelle had a really great start story, okay. and Eddie Murphy had a really great start story. You know, Eddie, Dave Chappelle was getting Dave Chappelle was working with Eddie Murphy his third week in comedy. Really, I didn't know that. So, okay, this is, this yeah. is education. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, with me that just it just worked out. But then I was married at the time. Okay, and I told my ex wife, I was like, "Yo, I need to write some material because I'm just getting lucky right now." Right. You know what I'm saying? So I like what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write some material, and I'm gonna go to an open mic somewhere where nobody's gonna be and just test some stuff out. Okay. Because I've been around comedy, but didn't want to do comedy. You know, I grew up around uh, Funny Man Johnson and uh, with Jermaine Funny Man Johnson and Steve Brown. You know, Steve Brown was the headliner. Funny Man was the feature. And uh, I would go see them all the time. I was going to bring that up. You and uh, Funny Man was actually good friends and actually y'all went to college together, right? Yeah, we went to school together. They were fraternity brothers. Okay. Wow. That is so dope. So you was always around it and didn't but quite... Then you had no Oh man, that is so crazy. This is so educational for a lot of people that don't know. Because you know, a lot of people might see you doing the skits and doing stand up and doing this and doing that. But I think I've always done the start of the journey and how it happened and how it starts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that happened. So I was around them for years because Funny Man opened for Steve for eight years, I think. Wow. 
And I would like, uh, I remember when he first started uh, running with Steve. And because I knew Steve's first manager, uh, this guy named Eric McAlpine from our college. Okay. Really smart. But he was Steve's first manager when Steve was doing the comic view runs and all that. And then uh, Funny Man started opening for him, and I would just pop up on him. You know, they do shows all over the Southeast, you know, Birmingham, Auburn, Montgomery, Atlanta. So when I moved to Atlanta, they would come to, it seemed like they was coming to Atlanta like twice a year. Okay. Do a, and I would just go and just check it out. And still, I had no interest. Mm. You know, I just would just check it out. You know what I'm saying? Just looking at it. So then uh, back to when I started, I told my ex I needed to go write some notes. I went to this open mic. Okay. Which is hilarious. I'm finna hit some. I'm finna hit you with some names. <laughs> I go to this open mic. Nobody's there, so I'm like, perfect. I can try out my material. So I go in my car and I'm studying my notes. I've always had that tactic because, and you said that you always wonder why I had a tactic. Why I have notes? Because I come from a theater background where you have to have notes. Okay, gotcha. That's where that part of me comes from, which helped me later in life. But I was in my car reading my notes, and next thing I know, this place gets packed. Okay, I'm it's loaded, and that's the opposite of what I wanted. You know, so I wanted to try some stuff out. And then I get inside, and the promoter tells me uh, it's a lady named Shante Reagan. Okay. She said, This is a competition. Mm. So the winner of the competition is going to host a room for me for three months, mm. which right now is unheard of because you know, as a new comedian in Atlanta, you got to fight to get three minutes anywhere. Anywhere, anywhere in the city, anywhere. Anywhere. Now I'm just starting, and I got the opportunity to win this competition. Wow. Bro, get there. I still remember who was there. It was J- Jamario was there. Jamario. Oh, comic view legend. Jamario. Yeah. Uh, Terrell uh, T- DeMero was there. Terrell DeMero. Comic <laughs> uh, view legend. Yeah, I can't remember his name. But they were there. And uh, it was a rough crowd, man. But I just went up there and I kind of did like uh, I didn't really have material. I just kind of did like a monologue from the funny play I did and just kind of made it a story, like a real story. And it worked. Mm. I won the competition okay. and I got the host for it like three months. Nigga, get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. So my, my first era of comedy, dog, it was just very, very good. You know what I'm saying? It was actually better than my middle era of comedy, mm. which is I went in reverse. So now... Here I am, just starting comedy. I'm, I got my own room. Okay, I'm hosting. Uh, and then, you know, if you're fighting to get three minutes here in Atlanta, where me, I'm, uh, I got room. I'm hosting, so I'm on stage like an hour once oh. a week. I'm trying out every thought that I have. That's that's how I got my tops as a as a host because um because you know the grown, uh, coming up in Atlanta, the Atlanta comedy scene. People go to Cat's Cafe on a Tuesday or Chef Rob's on a Thursday or the, all these places taboo. And uh, when we was coming up, um, like you said, we had to fight for the three to five. Minutes. So for a host, you can kind of control your time. You can kind of control what you put out there. You can control your material. You, you're you're on the stage an hour a night. So if you become a host, you know, you, you can kind of control your career a little bit at that time. That's true. And that's what it was because you're kind of fearless because if your material doesn't work, you can run. <laughs> Story of my career. That's the secret behind <laughs> You can run. Run, bitch, run. <laughs> but 
what really toned uh tuned me in that I needed to get stronger. You know, when you're hosting your own room, it comes with, you know, a lot of uh negativity. Yeah. You know, some people don't with you because some people don't mess with you because you're too new. Some people are jealous because they wish they had the room. Uh and then, you know, it, it was lots of uh stuff that came with it because when I hosted my room, I didn't really have comedians. I had musicians. Oh damn. I had poets, musicians, spoken word artists. It wasn't never like comedians. Like I can, you know, and so I hosted that room and then people, when you're not paying people, people show up late. Yeah, most definitely. So my friends that I would invite would come on time, but the artists would be late. Mm. So I would have to go on stage and figure it out for an hour sometimes with no material. Damn. So I would be up there just... I don't know. I'll be up there just acting goofy or telling stories, which that's how I learned I was a storyteller. Mm. And I just came from that, man. And then it's funny. Thank God I decided to hone in because I somebody has, I have a video and a private link on YouTube. Somebody was at the first, my first night hosting my room and it was awful. Mm. I mean, the first night but, doing but, anything is awful, to be honest. Yeah, it's awful. Looking back, it was awful. But uh, I did it. So that's what it was, man. And I thank God for Shantae. And then her room led to my second room. Somebody sent me at her show and invited me to host their room. And then that got me my first big show, which uh, I did a show where I was the opening act for at the Port of Central Theater, mm-hmm. Full House with uh, Bo P mm. and uh, Flood. And uh, oh my God, I don't want to mess his name up. Uh, AJ Jamal is that AJ Jamal? AJ Jamal, I'm not 100 sure. If we AJ Jamal, I think that's his name, okay. AJ Jamal. Uh, but anyway, he he didn't come. He got he got sick. Right. So so whole flood hosted and Bo P headline, and uh, that that show that's why I met uh that's why I met Tyler Crawford. Mm. He. Uh, he was he used to be in an improv group called the Snap Pack. Oh wow, you giving some ATL history, history moments right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, so he was in the Snap Pack. So that's why I met him, Remo, Rod Remo. So Remo, uh, Remo's stand up now, but back back then he was just part of an improv group. Yes, he was, with, but he did acting too. He was acting. You know, he was in Stumpy Yard. Oh really? Okay. Wow. I didn't know. See, I didn't yeah. know that. I would see Remo on the acting scene, but we didn't know each other. And then I think that show at the Port of Sanford kind of made everybody like, what's up, me, I'm Rod, do I woo woo, woo do woo. And then, so that's how I got to know them. Wow. So and then, uh, and then, wow, uh, so that was my first book. I've never known. <laughs> I mean, you told me stories, but yeah. a lot of these stories, I was inebriated. <laughs> you told me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of stories. Man, it, it's like, man, somebody was telling me one day, like, man, this the uh my manager was telling me like he's like right I've seen you do interviews ten times since I've known you and you can do a different interview with this with a different story connected to another story and he said now all add up it ain't like I'm just making them up it just be stuff I'll omit stuff or just you know I don't want to over talk you know me you've seen me in a group said I'm a listener right most definitely most definitely you you would definitely listen before you talk. Yeah, so I'll listen and let other people talk, and then you know if something come up, if somebody asks, you know, well, like when when my when my career blows up, bro, I'm I'm gonna be ready to unveil a lot. You know, nobody really even knows why I got married and divorced. I never tell anybody because I don't want to tell it till the movie's done. Wow, you was telling me while you was working on the cruise, and I'm gonna touch on that a little bit. 
when you was working on the Disney yeah. Cruise. You was telling me, uh, you used to hit me up on WhatsApp and uh, Instagram live, FaceTime me, and be like, "Yo, I'm working on this movie, bro. I'm working on this movie. I'm using this time to work on this movie." And um, yeah, one thing I always up to took a negative and turned into a positive, and that is something that oh, yeah. I will I'll hold to to this day. You always took a negative. Me being a, a young comic coming up in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta is very competitive. Atlanta has some of the best and funniest comedians I've ever seen, but it's very competitive. And you can get lost in the sauce. You can get lost in the sauce. Oh, damn. It's just, uh, man, we got some. Are you having a problem? <laughs> <laughs> we, we got the problem. <laughs> I'm telling everybody, as soon as we got the phone, everybody's going to know that she's unprofessional. <laughs> Man, you know this nigga Benny called me on his podcast and had a fire drill. <laughs> we got a fire drill going on right now. Um, no, no, but seriously, you helped me uh, being a young comic when I was coming up to turn my negatives into positives. So, uh, what? Where did that come from? Where do you get this? I don't know. Uh, positive mentality. I'm a. I'm gonna turn everything from a negative to a positive. You're always, you know, uh, you know, Atlanta is a very talented very funny community but it's a lot of negativity in there you you fought through that you can't you came through that you never let that get to you and you are like an individual in the game where does that come from uh i think that comes from uh that just comes from growing up so poor mm. and you just always and i didn't even know i was poor until i got grown okay. Or till uh, I remember when I was in junior high, man. I hung with some kids, and their parents were uh, more well off than my mom okay. was. And I didn't even know what well off man, mm. you know, until I, them when they was wearing polo and Tommy Hilfiger and Jordans to school, where I was wearing, you know, some old felines off the clearance rack and a pair of Nikes and some, you know, some bugle boy jeans and a duckhead shirt, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one hundred percent. I get it. But I get it. But it it matched. It it matched. I was color coordinated. I was cool, and I survived. I ate well. You know, my grandma, my mother, I always made sure I had great holidays. And I think I just carried that over. And I never really knew how bad it was until I got became an adult and struggled a little bit in my early twenties. And I was like, "Damn, I'm stuck." Like, I was like, "Damn," but I was like, "Was my mom going through this?" You know what I'm saying? And but uh, I think I always implemented up. Uh, nothing is as bad as what you think the worst is. Mm. And I've always been a, a, a believer in that. I, and that was through everything. Now, that was me when I went to college. You know, I always thought the worst. Like, dang, man, you know, what if I go up here and, you know, I don't make no friends or I can't, I can't get in a fraternity I want to get in or I can't make drum major, you know. And, you know, it's never as bad as you think. I remember when I was pledging my fraternity, you know, I don't know if you are familiar with, like, hazing and things of that I'm nature. I'm familiar with hazing and that because of comedy. You know, I, I didn't go to... Yeah. public schools or I was I was actually homeschooled so comedy kind of introduced me to hazing and all that different stuff but I wasn't I wasn't familiar yeah. with it at all well so my mom uh worked with a guy that was like one of my referrals to become a kappa and he's like well, I want to talk to him before I write a letter for him you know what I'm saying and uh I was like okay cool and I went to talk to him he's like look man it's gonna be a lot of stuff going on while you're pledging he said, but let me tell you what the, the best thing to get you through. He said, always imagine the worst thing that you think can happen every night. And he was like, can't be worse than that. Mm. And 
<laughs> a lot bad. Nothing was worse than what I thought. <laughs> so it kept me, you know, it kept me at bay. And I think I just implemented that and kept that for, for life. Because it's always, and, you know, and anything bad that happens in life, think about it. Name one thing right now in your life that was bad that God didn't get you through. No, I, I haven't. I can't name one right now. Exactly. It just sucks when you go through it. Yeah, it's bad when you go through it. <laughs> when you in the mud. Yeah. You're like, I'm in the mud, nigga. Yeah, I'm in the mud, but you got through it. You're here, you're eating, you got clothes on your back, you're chilling. You you wouldn't like you're doing a podcast over your cell phone right now, which means you pay your cell phone bill. Which means you pay your power bill so you can charge it up. You know, you just gotta think about the little Barely. stuff. Man. Little Barely. stuff no, you appreciate big stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I just that's how I am with life. You know what I'm saying? Nothing can be as bad as, you know, you know, I and like you said, I'm an individual in comedy though. I've seen how dark it can get when people backstab each other, talk about each other, disrespect each other. I don't let myself get around those vibes. Right. I like I can, I can do without all. I can do without all that. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need that. Uh, you don't never catch me in the green room talking about nobody. You know, I was thankful. I've heard several comedians like, man, I've never heard you go in. Uh, I went on Miss Jen's live mm-hmm. the other day. She's like, well, I've never been caught you trying to join or anything with nobody. I'm like, am I speaking? Work. Because a lot of that stuff come from a dark place where people be wanting to say stuff about each other, mm. especially in our community. And you I already know how that goes. They just, they just don't like you already, so they wanna they wanna do this and do that. And I don't want to give nobody. I'm not giving nobody the opportunity with me. I don't I don't think enough for you to, you know, to go back and forth with you over something stupid, and then somebody's mad, and then it's it's, it's ridiculous. I don't have nothing negative to say about nobody because I don't I don't think hard enough for to me to be negative towards nobody. Nah, that's some real shit. Damn, that's dropping some jewels right now. So we we here right yeah. now, 2020. Rob Minger, um, you done done a lot in comedy. You done done a lot in acting. You done done a lot in plays. You know, you have a, you really have a long. I need to stop saying. I'm, I'm gonna need you to stop saying done done a lot. That's just not a sentence. <laughs> done done done. Yeah, don't say that done, ever done again. Done at all. Done done. done. <laughs> don't say that ever again. Ever again. Nigga, we've been on quarantine for done, almost two months. <laughs> I'm losing how to read. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, no, you have done a lot in your career. But you know what's crazy? In our community, we don't respect anybody until they become a Tiffany Haddish or they become a Kevin Hart or they become a little Duval or they become, you know, a little Rail. Um, where you at in your career right now? Um, what's uh what's motivating you and what's your passion to keep going? Uh I'm doing it for me, man. It's it's uh, the thing is, man, when you have dreams and things that you want to accomplish. You got to do those things for you and everything else comes. You can't do it for people. You can't do it for money. You can't do it for fame. You can't do it for none of that. You got to do it for you. I like entertaining. Uh, All the stuff I built up to this point came from me entertaining, whether it was comedy, whether it was films that I booked, whether it was theater, whether it was Disney Cruise Lines, whether it was SEC Nation. It came from me being entertaining. Now, those things brought great revenue, but those things came from me just entertaining me. Mm. Because man, if you work about people, dog, you'll always be disappointed. You know what yeah, I'm I heard somebody say that so the other day. If you live for the cheers, you will die by the uh, booze. You know what I mean? Yep. You got to be. You got to be okay with you, bro. Like you got to be okay with you. Like one of my most fun things I've done since I got off the ship is getting the gym. Mm. I was going to the gym by myself, working out. I was working on my. I was working on my body as much as I was working on my car. That's real. And. 
I, it became fun for me. It wasn't for anybody else. It wasn't to flex on the gram, although I had to let, let them know what's up a couple of times. But, you know. <laughs> you got to let them know. It was you got to let them know. So what? You got to let them know. You, <laughs> I, I know you hold CDs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm, I'm doing all right up under here, you know, so don't get it twisted. But, uh, uh, you know, it was just for me, though. And that just that keeps me motivated, man. Just And my goal in life has always been to take care of my family and build a family uh, with entertainment money. Right. So whether I'm one of the top rich ones, uh, whether I'm one of the top, you know, just okay ones. Right. I just want to be able to take care of my family and, you know, and not be working in, you know, hard, hard. Like my family. I grew up from a blue collar family where they worked in factories, drove trucks. I don't want to be that guy. Um, right. What would you say? Yeah. The comic coming up in the game right now. What, what, right now. I mean, talk, during the quarantine, they, comedy, they don't even know where the future of comedy are because all the going on in the world. Where would you, um, what advice would you give to comic that want to start comedy right now right at this moment man create content write do skits build up your fan base write some more get in the mirror go over your material make sure your material yeah. makes sense and that's how you work on your punches I think people get up there and just wing it early in their careers and then they never build a solid base yeah. Make your stuff make sense. Like the little things, the little details, your transitions, how you switch jokes, uh, your stories, do they connect? Do your callbacks make sense? You know, what makes you get remembered from your set? You know what I'm saying? Do you remember this happened? Do you remember that happened? And that's what's going to make you stand strong. And so just write, create, and, and be, you know, at this point now, just network with everybody, you know, uh, you know, people have their favorites and their, their politics is going to play a factor. But you know, white people ask questions. That's that's that's, that's good, man. That's that's so dope that young comics don't know because people don't know where to start. You no, know, back in the day, it was uh, you go to open mics, open mics, and somebody will see you and and uh, and they will give you this op- opportunity. Time, it's not like that no more. Especially when you have five million people on the internet. So how do you map out? has talent who's great you uh, you from going from the bottom to where you are now you have actually you know away um i'm actually this this question was asked to me earlier and i said yo i'm gonna use this on my podcast and it was so dope you where you are now right you done did stand-up you didn't did comedy you done did um uh acting you done been in tv shows uh survivor's remorse and the list goes on of all the accolades that you have if you was to blow up tomorrow as a Kevin Hart or a Tiffany Haddish, um, who would who would be your openers as far as you know? If you had a plastic cup, boys, who would it be? You, I'm gonna give you a host, an opener, and a feature. So that's three people right there. All right, uh, damn, rough right there. So I would go. I would want. I want you. Don't say that because I'm just. I'm. This is my podcast. I, I want you to tell me organically. No, you're good. I want you to host. Uh, cause I know your energy is always going to be high. I think well, people don't realize how important the energy of the host is. Like keeping the crowd energy high, and I I can't stand to go behind the old monotone, <laughs> low energy host. Yeah, it's you've the worst. seen that being on the road. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst, bro. Because it just it's just more work for. The opener and the feature, because people don't realize it's a lot of pressure on the opener and the feature, man. It's like a lot of pressure because 
you're the connection from the crowd's energy yeah, to up. the headliner. I mean, thank you. Man. I appreciate so it, right? I, have- I, honestly, I didn't think you would say that. I didn't ask you that to say, oh, you will make me your host. I appreciate that. I, I actually that because I did a FaceTime nah. with a comedian today. And this was his question. He was like, Benny, if you blew it tomorrow, what would you be? And I was like, this is on my podcast today. And um, and that's when I asked you. So you got me as your host. I'm I'm, I'm very privileged for that. Opener. Uh, my opener. I would want I would want the opener to be. Uh, I would want a strong female. Just have a female on the show, but I don't know who that would be. Like right offhand, I've only uh, worked with. A what about of- like a Miss Jen or or a Shima Franklin or? Too strong to be a, 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 a yeah, they are feature a headline. And then you know, once people are headline enough, they don't really be wanting to do the stuff like that no more. So you just never know. And, and, still bro, to, so real. I'm glad you that. said it. Yeah, some people once they start headline, they they won't go in reverse, and it's fair. You know, it's up to you. Uh, feature. Who's the middle guy? Me, Who's the guy that prep them up before Rob Mia coming and take them to the? Man, you know, man, I don't know if you know this guy, man, but uh, great story about him. My boy E Man, E Man Hollis, not E Man. E Man Hollis, E Man from Atlanta. E Man from Atlanta. So E Man, uh, I just did a show with him and Moat Williams uh, in January. That was awesome. But E Man was the first guy where I switched my comedy. So a story I didn't tell. My comedy started with okay. church comedy. And then I got with this publicist that was like, yo, Rod, like, why don't you talk how you talk in real life on stage? Mm. And I was like, all right. And then she invited me to this room called 255, which shot 255 is closed. Now it burned down. It, it did it really um, burn down? But E-Man was, Damn. yeah, it really burned down. So E-Man was the host. And I mean, this dude was hysterical, dog. I mean, he was killing it, killing it, dog. Like, dude was hilarious. Great material. Uh... And, to, and but he, I think, you know, he got kids or something. And so he's kind of in and out of comedy. He'll be doing comedy, then he'll stop. He'll be doing comedy, but he'll stop. But when I tell you, every time he comes back, he's right back where he left. Like he has, he's just really quit wit. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So some of the times when he was taking his breaks, I was still going and I would run into him here and there. And then, you know, we hit each other up here and there, like, what's up, bro? What's up? When I did this show with him and uh, I'm like, dog, he's still just as funny as when I first met him, but he just, he just like in and out. I think he got kids. And wow. stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I told him when I said that, it's funny because he was there when I was fighting to get open mic spot. And he was the host. And then here he came, he was opening up on the show where wow. I was the headliner. It was no hate between us, bro. Like he was like, yo, dog, I'm proud of you, dog. I remember when you started. He said, now you headlined up in the Disney. Like, dog, you, you doing your thing. He was like, proud. And I was like, bro, you still hilarious to me. I said, I tell you what, bro, if I ever, if I, when I blow, I want you to come with me. That's real. I literally, I literally just said that in January. That dude was hysterical, bro. And a lot of people know him too, man. Like I said, he just be in and out of comedy. He just be, I think he has like a, a real job or something. And which is fair. You know, men got to do, man, that do. Is so real. But like, he, yeah, man, but he's definitely under under. Uh, I think he he is uh, under, underrated. Underrated, it's hilarious. Uh, Rob Maxie too. And I know, I know if he if he went up before I came out the headline, I, I know that he tear the crowd down. And I love to just ride that wave and just knock it on down and, that's so and close real, on man. up. That's that's dope. I'm asking two more things before I let you go, Rod. Um, uh, what is since you've been doing comedy, stand up, 
plays, um, you survivors remorse, movies, uh, TV shows. What is your favorite in entertainment thus far? Uh, uh, it's funny. It's a weird question because it's whatever's happening at the moment. Because wow. I enjoy it all. I love to be. Uh, I, I love looking for different reasons. I love film and television because let's just be realistic. If in my career at this point, it pays mm-hmm. the most, and it's, it's the most rewarding. It's also the most fun to dive into those characters right, and be so. somebody different. But then comedy, comedy is instant gratification. Uh, you get to hear the reaction of the crowd. You're there and it's live. And it's personal. It's intimate. You know what I'm saying? And you know, and it's more consistent than film and television at mm. this point in my career. And then theater, I like it because I like the that goes into theater. You know, learning the blocking, learning the character, learning the new cast. You make friends with your theater cast. You know, they usually be friends for life after that. You know what I'm saying? I met some of my best friends through theater. I met Rashawn Ali through theater. I met Lisa Wu through theater. I met Dorsey through theater. You know, I met Karan Joseph Riley through theater. You know, I met Terry J. Vaughn through theater. You know what I'm saying? I met uh, uh, Thomas Michael Ford through theater. God rest his soul. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you meet people a lot through theater, and then you get to work hard on something and watch it, you know, how it comes in, you know, how it manifests itself. So I like all of them for different reasons. But now if I had to choose, like, which one I would love to do full-time and just ride ride this wave on out until my end of time, I would love to be on a Ooh. hilarious sitcom, like The Office. That's so dope, man. That is so dope. You are an actor. Um, yes. me, me and you, we've yeah. been on tour together for, for a minute, man. For uh, We've been we had tour dates, and um, I mean, we've done shows together. Do you remember when I had four or five rooms in Atlanta? <laughs> you remember that? I, I, yeah, I, I remember always that. had you. Always good energy, always very positive. Rod, I got to ask you this because you're a comedian. You're an actor, but you're a comedian, so I have to ask you, ask you this. I'm going to ask you, what is your top five dead or alive comedians? Um, and I'm going to give you a six-man coming in no particular order, though. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with... Dang, that's rough. Top five dead or alive. Don't make it, don't make it too um, complicated. You know, we having fun. No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, I grew, up, I grew up, my favorites were uh, Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, Martin Lawrence. You know, those are my favorites. And then I think as I got a little older, you know, Cat mm-hmm. Williams and his prime. Uh, when he did oh Pimp, Pimp Chronicles. Uh, with the green jacket. Then the one where he wore a tuxedo <laughs> with the Jordans. Like. That was his top two to me right there. Like I laughed hard, and uh, behind that, I'm gonna have to go Dave Chappelle. Uh, um, so you named five. Give, give me yeah. a, a six man. Come. On. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna do. Uh, I gotta go Kevin Hart coming up. I wish you. A, I like I like your top five. <laughs> top five. Top five. Top five. Top five. Right. Hey. It's, it's more you are my brother not only in just comedy and life man we are we, I, I consider us as friends man i don't have a whole bunch of friends in comedy but i definitely consider us as friends uh you my guy hey, favorite benny pitts um because it's being benny and you know this is the crowd so we got to tell me tell me your favorite benny pitts moment man uh it's cool <laughs> not when i tried, when i was about to fight steve <laughs> 
Nah, 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 not that one. That was, that was, that was a weird moment. But uh, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't the uh, man. Uh, so one one okay. was a low and one was a high. Nah. So the low one, uh, <laughs> we was at Taboo too. I'm laughing because I, I was on a date. I was on a date. I was on a date, and uh, it was date night, man. And it, it was funny. You didn't know it, man, but me and the girl at the time we needed a date night because we had like a little. I was traveling a lot. We had like a little quarrel about me traveling and not, you know, spending quality time. And I remember being so tired because I went on the road that morning with SC Nation, so I had a game to host in uh, oh, wow. University of Georgia. Okay. Uh, which is in Athens. So when I got back, she was like, right, I'm tired. You just fall asleep with me on the weekends. But like, bro, I was traveling like every weekend of the football season. So I was like, all right, let's go out. Let's have a date night. Let's let's ball out. Let's eat good. Let's drink good. You know, let's go have a good time. So she got cute and dolled up. I put on some dope. You know what I'm saying? And I get to the club and okay. you're there. And you're like, yo, I'm about to do a set, man. I'm hype, <laughs> man. And you, you went. Let me tell you how hype you was though. Like you, you had like a table. You invited some friends. You was you was drinking real heavy. And I remember looking at you I'm like, hey dog, why are you drinking so much? Like you know, relax. And you're like, man, dog, it's my night, dog. I'm about to, I'm about to go in. And, uh, I don't know what happened between that and the next ten minutes, but they called you on stage. And nigga, when I tell you, bro, you said nothing. You said nothing. And I had never watched, I had never been so uncomfortable watching a comedian do a set in my whole career <laughs> watching comedians do sets. But I was like, it's incredible. But the funny part was, after it was over, it, you just came and stood next to me in my date. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you wanted me to say. I didn't know if you wanted me to like give you a pep talk or like, I'm like, nigga, we, we all know what just happened. We was here, yeah, we was there, right. you know. And it's funny because she, is he just gonna stand there or and I was <laughs> I was like I said, like, hey dog, I'm I'm kinda having a date night though, you know. I, I'll holler at you tomorrow. And he's like, Oh yeah, it's all good. And you still just stood there for like five more minutes. Like, bro, you you like a, a ostrich putting that their head under the ground. I, I, you know what's crazy? Bro. I remember that verbatim. I just stood around you like shit, bro. What are we gonna do next? <laughs> what are we gonna do next? <laughs> like it was crazy. I'm like, this nigga is. It was funny because if she hadn't been there, I probably had more to say. But it was just such a bad. It was like one of them. You had no idea, but it was just one of those bad timings. Like it was one of the random moments. She had just went to my phone, seen something, and, and she was talking about me traveling. And it was just one of them. It was like one of them. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you have those recovery days. Definitely. I understand. I remember just bringing this up, nigga. Yeah. My girl, <laughs> like, no, you were just standing there, like, I'm like, what does this want me to say? Like, this is crazy. And then she's on my ass because she's, you know, irritated because, like I said, we just had our little battle. And then, uh, the second moment, dog, you threw this birthday uh comedy show before you moved to Vegas, and dog, you just killed and just. Killed the stage that night, dog. And people was, you know, people was hating on you. Comics was coming to watch it fail, and they was coming to, you know, tell me ain't nobody gonna come to see Benny Alls, and ain't nobody gonna come to the show. And you packed that mother yeah. out, dog. And I was just proud, brother, to see you like show haters like it ain't about what somebody that don't like you think, dog. And it finally like the stuff I was saying, you start clicking. 
I like that. It don't matter what nobody saying. I remember, I remember saying. that day you, was, <laughs> you just got to be in the back when you was prep talking to me. Like you said, fuck them, bro. Fuck them. And you no, know, that was way from Atlanta show. But yo, it was amazing, bro. I thank you. You and Doc Foolish and Tyler. Bro, that was from top to bottom, probably put on. Yeah, that was lit. Like it was crazy. Like it was just it was just funny, man. There was so much negativity in the back. I remember watching, you know, I leave people on name. But I remember going to the green room and two comics I know uh specifically were just back there like, man, Rod, you signed up for this bullshit, man. Ain't nobody gonna be here. And I remember telling them with a straight face. I like, what are you talking about? It's packed out there. They had sat in the back so long, they didn't even see the crowd come wow, in. That's crazy. Like, I remember I remember telling them, like, yo, nigga, go out. There's a lot of people out there. What are y'all talking about? It's lit out there. And uh, and then that night, well, we partied hard. Dog. We partied to like four or five in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then I remember. And then because I had to go, get home and go to sleep because I um I had to leave Damn, for Disney that, that weekend. weekend? So I had to go home. Yeah, I left that weekend. That was my last. I had to cut my beard off like two or three days later. <laughs> it was it was butt naked yeah. FaceTime. You got good memory. <laughs> you can't have facial hair for those that didn't know. So yeah, I remember taking that picture and then um I remember just like kicking it, man. And we was kicking it and went to your party. We turned up all night with a bunch of strangers. And I mean, we party hard. And then I remember I went went to sleep. And then that weekend, I left for this. Crazy, man. Rod, hey, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thank you so much, bro. You're my brother, not in just comedy, my brother in life. Um, Before we get out of here, man, tell them where to find you. Tell them what you got coming up next. Uh, Tell them them if you got some quarantine shows coming on, tell them where to find it. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, Everybody follow me on Instagram, rod.minger. That's R O D. Dot Minger M I N G E R. That's like finger with the M. <laughs> That's how everybody remember it. Um, I have a comedy album that just dropped called Rob Minger's uh, Life After 30. So that's available on all digital platforms. So check that out. It's hilarious. All new material. And uh, I got a couple of pilots that should be popping up on the screen soon. Uh, one is called The Fellas, and the other one is called uh, Jefferson oh. County Probation Officers. So both of those will be on the television screen soon. And then, uh, you know, that's it, man. Go to my website, man. See what else Yo, I just on. listened Rob to your comedy album. Hilarious. The reason it blew me out the water, it was all new. I, I've been on a roll with you for the, probably the last two years, and you was all new material I've never heard before. I was blown out. I, I you could you could screenshot it, put it on Instagram. It was, bro. It was really flawless, and it motivated me to write more. Uh, get his comedy album, Life After Thirty, Rob Minger. Comedian story in there, actor story in there. Thank you so much for being the guest on Being Benny. You're not just a guest, you're a brother, you're family, man. Um, thank you for everybody tuning in. Stay safe during the quarantine. Remember, this is not a time where we're locked in the house. This is a time we can reflect, love our family, love our friends, and just get the shit we need to get together, man. I love y'all. I'm out. Benny Pitts. Appreciate you, Rock.